So um, last night was a, a very, very precious word that the Lord gave me, and um, very precious. He spoke about um, supernatural increase. He wants us to know that he has got supernatural increase always in mind for us. Every day, every month, every year. And Brother Jerry received that word from the Lord. Uh, for supernatural increase. That in 2020 I will open a new door. And it will, I will cause my faithful ones to experience supernatural increase. And then he said to tell you, supernatural increase always. When they are close to me, loving me all their days, throughout the entire course of their lives, they can work, walk with me supernaturally like this. And then I won't put the scripture up, but this is how supernaturally God says that you can walk with him. He says, um, I'm just reminding you of a few things. For the land in which you'd go to possess is not like the land of Egypt. There's no supernatural increase in Egypt. There's no supernatural increase for you in the world system when you go after it the way the world goes. So he says, it's not like the land of Egypt from which you came out where you sowed your seed and watered it with your foot laboriously as in a garden of vegetables, but the land which you enter to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water of the rain of the heavens. There's the supernatural increase. Waters of the rain of the heavens, a land for which the Lord your God cares. So God cares for your life, everything that concerns your life. The, the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Right, and then I read to you the definition of supernatural. Supernatural is beyond the power and laws of nature. It's relating to God. It's supernatural, not produced according to the ordinary established laws of natural things. And um, it's, it's divine power which comes into play for your provision. That can only be produced by the immediate agency of divine power. It's not physical or material. Even though the physical and material will come to your life, it will come from the realm of the supernatural when you're in the kingdom of God doing things God's way. Right. And um, it's, not, it's not visible or measurable the way that it comes. You know, it's above nature. It's not of the usual, but the word origin of supernatural is very powerful. It comes from super, which is above, and from natus, which is born. So my supernatural increase that God says will be supernatural will be born from above. It will come from above. And God talks about that in Malachi 2, that I will open the heavens for you and pour out blessing on you. That's how the kingdom of God comes from heaven to earth. It's supernatural. And so that is why the mandate on Pastor John and I's ministry 
is to be spiritual. Is to be spiritual. So that we can bring from heaven to earth what belongs to us. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come. How does it come? It comes from my heart. It comes from God to my heart. Through the word of God, the kingdom comes to my heart. And then it comes from my heart into my living. Um, so, born from above. Increase is to become greater in amount, extent, quantity, degree, scope, to rise, greater in development. So, I'm not going to go into all that again. We had a look at the supernatural increase that came to Isaac. When God said to him, don't go to Egypt. I know there's a famine here. I know that the, it looks like there's no provision here for you. Don't go to Egypt. Stay here. And it says he sowed his seed. In that year, he received a hundred times as much harvest from the seed that he sowed. And I shared with you that Brother Jerry had a visitation from the Lord in 1981, and the Lord said this to him, my people are in a financial famine, and I will reveal to you the keys that will bring them out. And the primary key was, this is what Brother Jerry said, teach them to sow in famine. So this is not I only I have nothing, and now I sow in famine for a harvest. This is... I might have a lot, but I continue to sow in a world that is in famine. Because that's the way I live supernaturally. Because I believe that my harvest comes to me. This is seed sowing. God has made us newborn creatures to be a seed sowing. Both with the word and our actual finances and our possessions and our wealth that we bring to him. We were created to live that way all the days of our lives. I'm always sowing in famine. And I'm never in famine. I'm always sowing in famine. And especially now, when the French president has told all the people in France, days of abundance are over. The president of France have to has told his people, days of abundance is over. French people, listen to what I'm saying. You're not going to have what you had before. And God says, that's their worldview. My worldview is I only have the prospect of abundant, supernatural increase for your life. That's all you will experience all the days, all the months, and all the years of your life is all that you will experience. Right. Because we put our trust in him. And so Exodus, when um, Egypt, when he said, don't go to Egypt, this is what Egypt Represents. This is what the world system and the financial institutions of this day, this is what they represent. 
Egypt represents. I'm looking for another source. Egypt represents looking for another source. Not God. Looking for another source of income. And God was saying to Isaac, I'm your source. There's famine. I'm your source. I'm going to show you who I am in a time of famine. Right? And so, God's worldview. So I'm going to read um, a scripture now from Luke 12, 27 to 36. So I'm going to read this portion of scripture because let scripture speak to your heart this morning. Because that's how you come out of the world's way of thinking, is by thinking the word. That's why God says, forsake your way of thinking. In other words, don't think for yourself. I can think for myself. God says, don't think for yourself. That's exactly what that scripture means when he says, forsake your thoughts. He doesn't say, keep some of them. Some of them from the world system you can still have. He says, forsake your thoughts. And then he says, forsake your ways. Why? Because he says, my thoughts are high. They're supernatural. Higher than your thoughts. And my ways, not the ways you walk in of the world. My ways are higher than your ways. They are supernatural. They are spiritual. They're to be found in the spirit realm. And the Lord wants me to say this again, what he had me say last night. The majority of Christians are not interested in getting that close to God that they hear his voice for themselves. So they'll rather put their trust in the world system than actually develop that closeness of relationship with the Lord where they know that their provision is coming to them day by day supernaturally. They're not in that intimacy of relationships. The only way you can get supernatural increase is by being in a supernatural relationship with the Father, with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit lives in you if you're born again. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you're born again. And he shows you the Father and he shows you Jesus. And you speak to Jesus and you speak to the Father and you speak to the Holy Spirit because there's no competition in the Godhead. Yes, we know that Jesus said we pray to the Father when we're making petition and we're asking and we're, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But our relationship is with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our intimacy is with them. And that's what God's been saying to you and to me. You do not have a problem of provision. You don't have a provision problem. The problem is you're not that close to God. So when you're not close to him and you're not used to hearing his voice, then you don't trust him. Then you go to the next thing to trust in. I have another source. Phew, at least I have another source. Because me get that close to God, to hear from him and to, and to have my faith, that for him to be the author and the finisher of my faith, that's a very personal thing. It's a very personal walk with Jesus. 
He will all, he will, he, he's the author of it. He starts it in you with his word. Speaks to you about supernatural provision. Speaks to you about the don't worry about anything. To hold on to that, you see? And so I want to read you this scripture. Luke 12, 27 to 36. Consider the lilies. This is the Amplified Bible. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither wearily toil nor spin nor weave. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory and his splendor and magnificence was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, people of little faith? And you do not seek. Look at this, hey. What's Jesus saying? Do not. He's saying do not. Do not seek by meditating to inquire into what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be of troubled mind, unsettled mind, excited, worried mind, and in suspense for all the pagan world, all the people that are not born again, everybody in the world system is greedily seeking these things. Don't be like, you, you're, not in the, you're not in the kingdom of darkness. You've been translated. So don't partake of that kingdom of darkness and their way of thinking and their ways of doing things. This is real big change, this. This is massive turnabout in your heart. Change of mind, change of heart, complete change of lifestyle. It says here, and your, verse 30, for all the pagan world is greedily seeking these things. Pastor John brought us the scripture. All the unbelievers are chasing these things. And your father knows that you need them. He knows just what we need. Isn't that a beautiful song? Wow, he knows just what you need. Only aim at, strive for, seek his kingdom, and all these things shall be supplied to you. Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to keep, give you the kingdom. Sell what you possess. Give donations to the poor. Provide yourselves with purses and handbags that do not grow old. An unfailing, inexhaustible treasure in the heavens where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. That's all I want to read to you there. So God is say, saying, you shouldn't even be worrying. You should just be giving to the poor. You should be giving. In fact, I'm thinking of that scripture now that says, work, work with your hands so that you have to give. So God is supernaturally taking, providing for me and our work to give. The world institution, the mental institution of the world has taught us about a long-term plan. Because your trust is so in it. You're so relieved every time you think about the money you've got in the bank and at least you're taken care of for the rest of your life, that's when you know your trust's not in God.
because your long-term plan is so important to you. You've got to put it away. You've got to have it for a rainy day. You've got to have that buffer. You've got to, in case God's not going to provide. You check your own heart out about how happy you are, how contented you are that you have money in the bank for, to see to you for the rest of your life. You see in your own heart where your trust is. God knows where your trust is. Because there's things and money that you have that you don't let him touch it. Because it's for your long-term plan. It's for your long-term re retirement plan. You've already made a plan without him. You made all those plans without him. You didn't inquire of God at all. You want me to give it all, Lord? You want me to sell it? You want me to give it all? You don't even let him have access to that because your trust is in that. Because your heart is relieved when you think about what you've got in the bank. It's going to take care of you. Right? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, my, the, the Bible, the, the Lord told me to say, blessed are my people. See, God has given us the blessing whereby to increase supernaturally. Hmm. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there, Lord. You want me to go there? I will go there, Lord. Right, supernaturally. This is Pastor John's last message. How did God, what did he do with Isaac's seed in famine? Nobody else got a crop. It says here, God supernaturally watered it. How did I get a crop? How did I get a crop? Supernaturally watered it. It wasn't as if Isaac was poor and now he had nothing and he had to sow in famine. When I'm poor, when I was poor and I had nothing, we sowed in famine. But it's not for that. That you can think now and you can take this word today through your worldview. I'm not in famine, I've got money in the bank. I'm not in famine now. I've got money in the bank. I've got things to fall back on. I'm very glad I have things to fall back on that I can at least know I've got that. It's not the way God made for us to walk with him. Right. God supernaturally watered it. We have to have a supernatural component of God in everything we do as Christians. Otherwise, God can't show himself to be our living, mighty God if we just do what the world does and get the same results as the world and keep doing what the world does to get the same results as the world has. Money should never be the issue with a Christian. Provision should never be an issue with a Christian. Relationship is. Remember, Isaac was in relationship with God. Isaac knew God's voice. Isaac understood covenant. 
He heard God's voice. It was out of relationship with God that he, that he increased supernaturally. The Lord wants me to read to you about another person other than, uh, other than Isaac that increased supernaturally because of his relationship and his closeness and his intimacy with his God, knowing the voice of the good shepherd, listening and obeying. Isaac was in relationship with God, right? This is Kenneth Hagen, who is Pastor John and I's spiritual father, though he is in heaven, right? The Lord told me, here he is in close relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you're in close relationship with him, he will comfort your heart because you know his voice. He'll speak to you about supernatural increase. That's when the Lord told me, because of our authority that we have, I understood what he meant. The Lord said to me, So I'm wanting you to see the closeness within his relationship. This is the point that the Lord wants me to make here this morning. Is Isaac's closeness of relationship to the Lord and Brother Kenneth Hagin's closeness of relationship to the Lord. I mean, he's closer to the Lord now than he ever was. He's alive with Jesus and the Father in heaven. I began to see how faith worked in the area of finances. It was all new to me. I said to the Lord, what do you mean? See the intimacy here? I can understand the part about how we can exercise authority over the enemy and claim the finances we need and tell Satan, take your hands off my money. Jesus, in close relationship with Kenneth Hagin, said, I'm speaking to you now, my son. You, t you claim in the realm of the spirit supernaturally what you have need of, and you tell Satan to take his hands off the money. What is this? This is moving in the supernatural realm. Why? Because he's knowing the voice of God. You will walk the way of the world if you do not develop a working relationship with the Holy Spirit and a close intimacy with him. That's what we've been preaching for 22 years since we've been in the ministry is you've got to want to know God for yourself and hear his voice for yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he says, but what do you mean? Uh, so the Lord said to him, this is what you say. Don't pray about money like you have been. Whatever you need, claim it in Jesus' name. And then you say, Satan, take your hands off my money. And then you say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. You can't try this because God, Jesus spoke to him about this. You've got to hear him speak to you for yourself. And Brother Hagen heard Jesus speak to him himself, his own intimacy with the Lord. Didn't you ever read my word? What do you mean go ministering spirits and cause the money to come? And the Lord said to him, Working relationship.
Didn't you ever read in my word in Hebrews 1.14 where it says that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for those that are heirs of salvation. They are ministering spirits sent to minister for them. Are not all ministering spirits, Hebrews 1.14, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? For means they were sent to do something for us. Now, uh, now, over in Satan's kingdom, we could say that Satan is the chief, and you see all these demons and other spirits doing his work. Well, just as demon spirits influence people, the ministering spirits, the angels, can influence the lives of people as well. And I put into practice what I received from the Lord in my relationship with the Lord. He says, after the Lord showed me this, I went to the church where I was holding the meeting, and stood there on the platform, and I'll be honest with you, since this was a new revelation to me, my knees were shaking. I was trembling, not because I was afraid like someone would be afraid of a bad storm or a rattlesnake. I'm talking about a holy, reverential fear. He was in the fear of the Lord because the Lord, he knew that the Lord had spoken to him. So he was in a fear of the Lord to disobey him. It was a holy fear. You see, what the Lord had shown me was new to me. And my head was telling me, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. I just stood on the platform and I said privately, well, now let's see. It takes $150 a week to meet my budget. I was supposed to be at that church one week, so I said, so I said, with, in fear of the Lord, in Jesus' name, I claim $150 this week, and then I said, Satan, take your hands off my money, in Jesus' name. Then I also said, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. That's it. That's all I did. I speak only me, Kenneth Hagen, in close intimacy with the Lord as a son of God, not because he's a fivefold minister. Son of God, he's hearing his father's voice for himself. I said to the pastor, now brother, I don't make any special pull for money. When you get ready to take up my offering, say as little about it as you can. Don't say a lot about it. Well, the pastor said to me, you know our custom, we take up an offering on Tuesday, Friday, Sunday nights for the evangelist. We're accustomed to taking up offerings. This is, and if I just say this is brother Hagen's offering and pass the place, you won't get over a dime. I said, if I just get a dime, you won't hear me say a word. I preached in that same church a year before. There was a different pastor. This time, the only difference was that they had two more church members this year than the year before. The church was about the same size. Last year when I preached at this church, they paid me $57 a week for two weeks. That's $114 total, and when they gave me that offering, they thought they'd hung the moon. <laughs> the pastor who was there then had taken up a 30 or 40 minutes for that offering, said, who'll give another dollar? Who'll give another dollar? Um, so the pastor said to me, well, uh, if that's the way you want it, the pastor said, that's the way I want it. 
The meeting started and was going well, and the pastor asked me, could you stay longer? I've said, I've got another meeting coming up, but I was going to take a little time in between meetings anyway. So in the process of time, he persuaded me to stay on through the Wednesday night. So I changed the amount I had claimed, the amount I needed to meet my budget. Instead of 150 now, I was claiming, because Jesus told him to claim it, $200. I didn't pray about it like I used to. I claimed the $200 in Jesus' name and said, take, can Satan take your hands off my finances? Then I said, go ministering spirits, cause the money to come. When the 10-day meeting ended, I had the $200 plus 40-odd dollars over that amount. And the pastor said, well, that beats anything I've ever seen in your life. And so he goes on to just share how for the rest of his life, because he was in close relationship with the Lord. That's why in Pastor John's message, your problem is not a provision problem. It's relationship, your relationship with the Lord and your closeness with the Lord. That you don't hear him, so you do it the way the world does it. So you put your trust in that. Right. So Pastor John said this. How is God going to take care of us? He had a conversation with some precious ones. And the big question was, how's God going to take care of us? How's God going to take care of us? It's questioning in your heart. Questioning in your mind. Questioning. Questioning. You've got nothing to fall back on. You've got no backup plan. You've got no buffer. How's God going to take care of us? How's it going to happen? That's questioning. There's only two questions you can have questionings about. You're either questioning with faith or you're questioning because you have unbelief. Because you're not yet fully persuaded. Um... I'm just going to go there. The Lord spoke to me about this this morning. So, questioning. God wants you to stop questioning. God says, don't say. Don't question your mind. What? How? He says, don't question. Don't question me about provision. Trust me. Believe my word that day by day I will take care of you. Walk with me in this kind of intimacy and this kind of trust. Don't question me. Don't question my word. You've got my word as your source to tell you who I am and how I'll provide for you. Don't ask the question. And that's parents' number one thing. They want their children, they train their children from little. Make sure that they also get into the world system for provision the world's way. You've got to get an education. Why? Because then you'll get money and you'll have something to fall back on. You'll be able to provide for yourself. 
You'll be able to provide for yourself. So here's an angel who manifests himself to Zechariah. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So just let me read it. Just let me read it. You don't have to try and look for it now. So here's the angel, and he comes to Zechariah, because John the Baptist is going to be born. And he says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. I've come to tell you that your wife will bear you a son and you to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness, and many will rejoice because of him. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while he's in his mother's womb. He will persuade them in Israel to convert and turn back to the... That's why it was important for the angel to come to the parents. Don't push him. I'm telling you now, don't push him into something I haven't called him to do. Don't you as parents push your children in the way you want them to go. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their fathers. He will prepare united people who are ready for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel a question. How do you expect me to believe this? So if you're worrying and you're questioning about God's provision, then you don't believe. Then you can do something about your believing. You can meditate on his word day and night so faith can come. On what he says about his way of providing for you. So it says here, what son can you give me? I'm an old man. My wife is too old. Always, there's always reasons why you're asking a question. There's a reason I'm asking you a question, Lord. How can you do this? I need an answer. I need to be in control and I need to know how you're going to do this. If I can't use my own long-term goal, long-term plan, will you give me yours? All of it, please. Day by day, I trust you. Month by month, year by year, I trust you. No, tell me then, like the world tells me, tell me then how this is going to work. He said, Zechariah asked the angels, how do you expect me? Questioned the angel to believe this. I'm an old man. My wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? And then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. Listen, the Holy Spirit says, I am the Holy Spirit. I live in you. I speak to you now. I speak my word to you. You don't need an angel to appear to you. You have the Holy Spirit in you speaking his word to you. If you're listening and you're opening up the book and you're taking a long, good, hard look at what his word says about provision. He says, but now since you did not believe my words. So you can ask a question because you don't believe or you can be like Mary who asked a question because the angel appears to her and says, you're going to have a baby. 
And Mary says, he, this is her question, how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy. You will be called the son of God. And he says, not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded, saying, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you've told me come to pass. May everything you've told me about supernatural provision for my life come to pass. May every promise you've given me in your word about supernatural increase come to pass. I'll not ask any more questions. I'm not going to ask a question anymore. I just needed to understand what's the next instruction, because seeing as I'm still a virgin, just what would the next step for me be? Is there anything else you want to tell me about this? You know. And uh, he, she responded saying, this is amazing. So in your heart, when you hear what God says about providing for you day by day, you should be saying, this is amazing. This is amazing. May everything your word says to me about how you provide for me, supernatural increase, may it all be done to me. So, you can ask a question filled with unbelief, or you can settle it in your heart. Supernaturally, it's time for us to live supernatural lives, Pastor John said. Provision should never be a Christian's problem. Provision is a relationship problem because the way that you relate to money, the way you relate to money, the same way as the world relates to money, got to have something in store. It's even unthinkable right now as I speak for some of you to even think like that. That's proof to you. If your heart has difficulty believing this and receiving it, it's proof to you of what the institution of this world systems has already impacted and what you're already full of. God's helping us. Should provision should never be a Christian's problem or a question. Provision is a relationship thing because the way that you relate to money is either through performance, right or wrong, fairness, what's fair, And reward for performance, all of the things that you have to do naturally. Yeah. We'll be really going through this tomorrow afternoon when we do foot in the message. It's going to be... Supernatural. So, he talks about Mary here. That's not fair, Pastor John, that you got shares in the company and the people with degrees 
the people that have worked much harder than you got an increase. That's not fair. There's nothing fair about the parable of those that got called in the beginning of the day to go and work, the middle of the day, and the end of the day, and they all got the same. There's nothing fair about that. God is just kind. God is just generous. God is just a God of covenant, keeping covenant. The performance reward system. If I do this, I get that. If I study this, I get a job and like that. If I, it's all in your control. But the Babylonian system is falling. It's crumbling. So he said, what did you do? What did you do? How, Pastor John? How? I sowed in famine. I sowed in famine, he said last week. How did you sow in famine? When I didn't have enough. But we're still sowing in famine. And we always have enough. We have learned to live like this. We've learned to live like this. Glory to God. When I didn't have enough, I took my favor. Now that we have plenty, we still sow in famine. So that's why there is never any famine. John, you're in the right place for me because I don't need someone to go and give all their attention to a system that is going to fail them anyway. I need someone who's going to give all of what you've got to me. Watch me bless you. Watch me bless you. But what will people say? Mary said, who cares? Martha said, I care, I care, I care. It's going to be amazing to this congregation how God is going to supernaturally provide for the children he is taking. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be astounding. God says, I will take the children. Don't you try and take the children and think for God on their behalf. Don't you as a congregation member question in your heart just because you are unrenewed, how's God possibly going to take care of the children he's taking? It's not your conversation to have and it's not your question to ask. Because God is settling the questions in their hearts. Already they've had massive encounters with God where they know that they know. Glory to God. Watch me bless you, watch me bless you. But, but what will the people say? That's the conversations you have. So what do you do? That's is the world system. So what's about do you? So what do you do? Where do you live? Let me see what you wear. What, so what do you do? What do you do? I'm giving my whole life to God. So, 
What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm giving my whole life to God one day at a time. How are you going to provide for yourself? How are you going to provide for yourself? That's not a question I ask. I've already got the answer in God's word. I know what his word says. I know what my covenant is. She was giving her life to his words. God's people are under restraints of bondage. He's been keeping us in a way that has been preventing us from moving. I know who needs this message. This world system has been keeping people under restraints of bondage. He's been keeping us in a way that has been preventing us from moving into a whole new sphere. Preventing you from moving into a whole new sphere. A whole new sphere of relationship with him. A whole new sphere. If you're not moving there, you think nobody else has moved there. You think they must do what you think they must do. But you've moved to a whole new sphere of relationship with him. You've stepped over into the spirit realm and in the supernatural. That's what he can do for you when you give him your whole life. I'm not worried about a thing. Seeking first his kingdom, God will take care of me. Not worried about a thing. I have no more questions. You have any questions? You have any questions? You have any questions? You have questions, Mia? Why do you not have questions? Because I trust God and I trust his word and I trust his promises. And the patterns that he has given us to follow. You've already got the answers. You're going to ask any questions, Melissa? No, Pastor Sharon. I, I trust my relationship with God more than I trust anything else or anyone else. I trust my relationship. I, I know he's there for me. He's always going to be providing for me. Hey, Leanne. After this weekend, you will never, ever worry again because he's moving you into a new sphere of relationship with him. Do you have any more questions, Leanne? No, Pastor Sharon. Because I trust him, Pastor Sharon, and he's faithful. He who promised is faithful. And if you trust his promises, then he's faithful to provide. Yeah. Right. 
I don't I feel the word of God. I sense in the spirit the word of God shifting you into a whole new sphere of relationship with him by the power of his word that he's bringing this weekend. You're just shifting. He's just taking you into that sphere of relationship with him. In your heart, where you just never will ask those questions again. You'll not fear. You'll not care. You'll not worry. You run into him every day. Run to his word. Run into his open arms in close, intimate relationship with him. You hear him comfort you through the scriptures that your hope and your expectation may remain and then that you may move into this whole new sphere of relationship with him. Everything changes now for you. In this moment, in this very moment, he's doing it in your heart right now. Isn't it amazing? I'm experiencing that with you. I'm, I'm moving into a new sphere. It's like, oh, it's going. I'm moving into this sphere, new sphere of relationship with him. I'll never be the same. Oh, that's how they think over there. Oh, that's how they... I'm here. I'm here in my heart. Because that's the power of the Holy Spirit in my heart to take me. I'm not going back to talk like that and to think like that. Never, ever, 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 ever. Not going to worry about a thing. Or what tomorrow may bring. I've, this is what the Lord said would happen this weekend. I'm shifting with you. I'm moving with you. It's Canaan. We can't, this is what it is like in Canaan. You just know you're coming out and you're going into what he's promised. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise his heart. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And you will never teach your children the way you got taught. You will never teach your children. You will teach your children God's got a plan for your life. He's your provider. No, you're not going to do things the way the world does it, no. We're going to seek the Lord together for his plan for your life. You don't need a backup plan, my child. My son, my daughter, you don't need a backup plan like the world. You don't need it. You're going to walk with him every day. You're going to walk with him every day like this in the supernatural. Your life is supernatural. His plans for you are spiritual. You're going to live and walk in the spirit, my son, my daughter. No, we don't do things the way they do it in the world. You belong to the Lord. He has plans for you. I have none for you.
Glory to God. I'm, I'm done, right, Pastor John? We've still got till. Am I done? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Shamasa. Ishamasa Tatu. I'm just going to speak in the spirit. Ishamatatu, pripantu, temeneshkete te fris ofrantu te sukeshisa. Itraputentu, shanakasu te fele prasintu. Inamanako te pefesela. Inamako te pefesela matastandru. Ikrantu te stif kushkesku u merepetisu tu kushese trifu. Ipraman panu ne tistu te Manatu ke ti kosha vasalatru tina. Ininta nu prentu pasitu prekeshke ifratore. Intampute peneniskus kutrofetu inamoke. Shu sivatu. Imamana shu sivatu kumeneshi. Oska patu netu sishku tu kutete. Ayushku oska kutekete amapa. Stephanie, as a mother, in the natural, you must be very concerned for your daughter. I mean, she got so many degrees. What's she going to do with her life? No, Pastor Sharon, I'm so settled and know that God has a plan for her life and that she's taken care of. And her relationship with the Lord is so precious. Um, no, God has the exact plan for her life. And we as parents just believe him. We're not worried or anxious about nothing. It is just we know that we know that we know. He has in the palm of his hand and in his heart. So you moved by the power of God's word into a new sphere of relationship with him. Well, Pastor Sharon, I trust God completely. Um, I know that I never, it was never intended for me to provide for myself. Mm. He made that really clear to me, that I was never intended to provide for myself. He didn't call me the provider. Mm. He is the provider. Mm. So I trust him com completely. And I know that he will take care of me every day mm. of my whole life, all of the days of my life. We thank you for this holy moment now. I'm going to stop. But I acknowledge that this is a holy moment now. Where there's a big shift taking place. 
there's a big shift taking place. The Holy Spirit is doing it in our hearts. Hallelujah. Not going to worry about a thing. Not about a thing. Glory. So, we're not asking questions anymore because we have the answer. Bradley, things are shifting in you, changing in you, Caleb. Hmm? It's a change of mind first. That's what Pastor John taught us about the word repentance. It's a change of mind. My mind is changing by the word of God. My mind is changing. My heart is changing. My lifestyle now goes like that. Just like Abraham God said, go, I've called you. He didn't trouble his mind. He didn't ask the question, how will you provide? I bless you. Mm -hmm.